Welcome to today's program, The Beauty of Grace, and I'm Pastor Pete Norris of Harvest Fellowship Church. And it's such an honor and a privilege for us to be sharing our hearts with you and allowing and you allowing the Holy Spirit to, to minister to you and to bring you to a place of absolute peace, to bring you to a place of absolute joy. You know, we just want to be a blessing to the body of Christ, and we want to be a blessing and, and pour out blessings to people and, and, and let people know that we care. You know, there's a real big issue in today's body that is causing so much controversy and it's causing so much anxiety for people and it's causing so much uh, heartache for people. And, you know, a lot of denominations now are accepting uh, homosexual pastors. And I want you to understand, what, what does God think? What, what does God think about all this? What is God thinking about uh, the body of Christ, and how does he see the body of Christ? You know, in Leviticus 8, uh, Leviticus 18.22, it says, Do not lie with a man as one lies with a woman. That is detestable. But I want you to understand, God unevocably forbids homosexual activity. Now, I want to I I I join in on this ball, ball game because I, I really believe that we as individuals need to realize that people are struggling in this earth. I'm not saying that God is is worse on homosexuality than he is overeating and glutton. I think sin is sin and I think sin is irrevocable. I think God condemned Sodom and Gomorrah for their homosexuality. It is a sin. I am calling it a sin. The, in, in Genesis chapter 18, 20 through 21, then the Lord said the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see what they have done is as bad as the outcry that we've reached me. If not, I will know. Solomon destroyed was 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 destroyed on account of unrepentant homosexuality. So we see that in Genesis 19. But we want to talk about Paul describes homosexuality as a wicked perversion of God's gift. Now in Romans chapter 1, 26 and 27, because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchange natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way that men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another, men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. So we see Paul describing homosexuality. Now, the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to understand something. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immortal or idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to understand something. He's talking about the kingdom of God here. He's not talking about heaven. So we've got to understand there is hope for for homosexuals in the world and and we got to understand that we've got to come across with a love now, 1 Corinthians 6 and 11 says, And that homosexual offenders is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So God forgives and cleanses persons of sin. You say, well, Pastor, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say this today, that as a body of believers, we've got to walk in love. 
The very thing, you know, we don't have a problem at all with an alcoholic or a drug addict coming to our church and getting it right and, and, and walking in that. I believe there's a place of, of a ratification that the body of Christ needs to come to, that we teach people that God loves them just like they are, not, in, not, in, not because of their sin, but Jesus died to redeem them from their sin. And you're saying, well, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying today that as a body of believers, we need to look at people through the eyes of grace. We need to let the Holy Spirit do the cleanup work. We need to let the Holy Spirit change and transform the lives. And we need to walk in a genuineness of love. Now, we wouldn't have a problem at all with an alcoholic or a drug addict coming to our church, coming up and getting it right. And you know what? That guy may go off and he may struggle with, with, with that drug addiction. He may struggle with that uh, alcoholism. And you know what? We'll keep on loving that guy. But that guy that's going off and, and he's trying to get over that he may have been molested or, or raped or whatever it may be as a young man and all of a sudden now that's, that's, that's got his mind messed up in the area. The church needs to be there to love. The church needs to be there to nourish. The church needs to be there to encourage. I'm not saying justifying our sins. You know, if I'm doing drugs or alcohol, I know those things are not right. I know overeating is not right. But you know, we have, we've pinpointed out homosexuality and, and sexual addictions in a different way than we've pointed out everything else. And, and I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm trying to be, where, where do we walk in this? You know, Jesus didn't say much about homosexuality in the scripture. But I tell you what he did say. He said, love one another as I've loved you. That's the one and the great commandment. So we need to love people the way that, right like they are, and let the Holy Spirit do the transformation and change that life and transform that life and bring them to a place of repentance and bring them to a place of of changing the way they think. You know, crises happen in life that lead us. You know, women that are molested or, or abused or sexually assaulted when they're growing up have a tendency sometimes to turn to prostitution when they get older. You know, the church has got compassion for them. They'll reach out for them. They'll reach out for the hurting. We need to reach out and, and love people right where they are and let the Holy Spirit do the cleaning. We need to love them through the situation. Well, Pastor, are you jeopardizing and justifying homosexuality? I'm not just jeopardizing or justifying anything. I'm just saying Jesus is a loving, compassionate, merciful God. I was once a sinner. I was once lost and he loved me and all my mess and all my perversion and all my wickedness. And he loved me and he brought me out and gave me life and gave me life more abundantly. And I think as a body of believers, we need to reach out Stop fighting over the issues and let's walk in a genuineness of love that's going to bring compassion and mercy and grace. And you say, well, Pastor, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say today, if the church will be loving, the body will be changed because we're all one in Christ. And we start loving and reaching out. I am not justifying homosexuality. I am not. But I, I think we've, we, we're, we're calling one sin worse than another sin. And Jesus said, I come to do what? To remove the sin nature. If we can get the sin nature changed, we can change the behavior. And I thank God for His marvelous grace and mercy that loved somebody like me and was willing to change me. To, and He's willing to change each and every one of you. Let's love. Let Jesus be seen. Let God be glorified. And let Jesus be exalted. And that's the beauty of grace.